This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. A golden opportunity for the Knicks to force a Game 7. That would have been Monday at the Garden against a reeling Heat team. Uh, a team that the Knicks ha- had shown that they could go toe-to-toe with. Unfortunately, you get 4 of 24 from R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. Five made field goals from your starters, not named Jalen Brunson, and you go bye-bye to Cancun. So the Knicks are out of the playoffs. We are talking about that. The conference finals almost set in the Western uh, side of the bracket. You've got uh, my Los Angeles Lakers dispatching of the defending champions. That was embarrassing last night. For Golden State. Game six, Clay Thompson, where was he? Nowhere to be found. So the Lakers beat the Warriors. And once again, the, the more things change, the more things, the more they stay the same. LeBron James in year 20 is in the conference finals for the 12th time. So about 60, what, 60% of his career, he's at least been to the conference finals. That GOAT conversation, if you are not entertaining it yet, uh, you got to drop, you hop out, hop on board, especially if he gets title number five with the seven seed. Oh, what a disaster that would be for MJ fans! So you've got the Lakers against the Nuggets, who disposed of the Suns in six games. Nikola Jokic, right now playing like the the best basketball player in in the league. Sometimes you watch Nuggets games, and he's doing you know everything on offense. You look up at the box score, and it's like, wait, forty points, fifteen rebounds, fifteen assists. For Nikola Jokic, a center who's not all that athletic, yeah, that, that's going to be tough for the Lakers to contain. So you got that in the Western Conference. Game 7, Sixers-Celtics tomorrow. I'm actually rooting for the Celtics, and I'll tell you why real quick. Because I just want to dispose and extinguish all of those foolish sentiments that were expressed at the conclusion of the bubble playoffs. Didn't count. No one traveled, had four months off. And what really happened was that when you are given results that are undesirable, you really do have to kind of do mental gymnastics to associate asterisks toward it. Like the, the, the bubble playoffs didn't count. Never made sense because everyone was under the same circumstances. And if your team had won a championship, there's no way you would say there's an asterisk. So the final four, the conference finals, the the final four teams in the bubble were Lakers, Nuggets, Celtics, Heat. Celtics win tomorrow. Final four this year would be Lakers, Nuggets, Celtics, Heat. So that's why I, I, even as a Laker fan, I'm rooting for Boston tomorrow just because I want to see folks have an egg on their face. Uh, so that's a you know a game that I'm heavily interested in. And I wonder if you're a Knicks fan. Celtics win the series. Who are you rooting for, Heat or, or 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 the Celtics? That's a tough one. So I guess tomorrow you'll be rooting for the Sixers, even though Philly's kind of a rival too. But between the Heat and the Celtics, that just, that's bad news written all over it. Before we get back to your phone calls at 800-919-3776, Yankees, another come-from-behind win today against the Rays. This one more improbable than yesterday. So yesterday came from behind three separate times. Thanks to Anthony Rizzo, had two home runs on Rizzo night at the stadium. Today, we're trailing 6-0. Nestor Cortez was dreadful. Yankees found a way to come back. Aaron Judge, two home runs. You got a home run from Higashioka. And the Yankees, despite surrendering eight runs to the best team in baseball, found a way to have their offense once again reemerge. 
and they are winners of two of the first three games of this series. They are now just seven games back of the Rays for first place in the AL East. Meanwhile, the Mets are in a rain delay right now, top of the third down in D.C., trailing one nothing Again, they were down 2 nothing. Frankie Lindor yesterday in that fifth inning had a three-run single, gave the Mets a 3-2 league that they would not surrender. So they've improved to a very, very impressive 5-14 and 14 since their 7-1 West Coast trip. Very impressive for the Mets. Big payroll, paying dividends. Big payroll paying dividends. I, five and thirteen, I should say. Big payroll paying dividends for uh, George Steinbrenner reincarnated over there in Flushing. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go back to the phone calls. People want to argue with me about LeBron and Jordan because I dare to say that a thirty-eight year old in year twenty on, on the cusp of possibly winning his fifth championship, being in the finals for the eleventh time, and doing all that he has done throughout his career has a good argument for being the greatest player of all time. I don't understand why that upset folks so much, but let's ask George, who's standing in Queens right now, or maybe he's sitting. What's up, George? Oh, George. Hello? Hey, George, what's up? Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's going on? Oh, I'm sorry. when I staying staying on cell phone. Yeah, listen, I wanted to speak a little bit about uh, George and... uh, LeBron, if that's okay with you. Yeah, go ahead, man. Okay, yeah. Listen, um, as far as I don't want to get no big argument over LeBron and, and, and uh, Jordan, but uh, when I break down uh, LeBron's championships, of course, he um, didn't do well against uh, Dallas. Okay, he either didn't show up or choked. In the second and third with Miami, he fumbled the ball away several times in the third and fourth quarter, and Wade and Bosch and Ray Allen had to bail him out. Okay, that's cold-hearted facts. And as far as the bubble is concerned— Hang on, George. How- George, 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 just one second. Can I finish? I'm going to let you finish, but I want to do a little a little fact check here. The the game that he fumbled against, uh, you're talking about game six in 2013, the Ray Allen shot game. LeBron scored 10 points in that fourth quarter. But go ahead, let me let you finish because, you know, he fumbled even though he scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. Finish. Well, everybody scores some points. Oh, okay. Uh, That has nothing to do with it. When you fumble the ball away several times, Mm -hmm. that impacts upon... Uh, the, the winning and losing of the game. Yeah, he you also know, hit a th- uh, he also hit a big three pointer right before Ray Allen hit history. But sure, go ahead. Uh, that's not that facts get in the way of a a really good anti LeBron take. Go ahead, continue. No, this is not no. See, you're trying to play it off as the anti LeBron thing or whatnot, and um, that's not that's it's not just about being anti LeBron or whatnot. You know, I mean, the, like the bubble. Okay, well, I'm so about the bubble and whatnot, okay? You can't compare, well, I don't know, what is it, five, six games or whatnot to an 81-game season and them going through what they have to go through and then the uh, conference championships and whatnot. And the only reason why it's a championship because the powers that be say, they say beat the women three out of five games. Then they say it's a championship because they got the power to do it. But how anybody could count that, any human being, you know, except the powers of B could count that as a championship, I know they count it because they got the power to do it. <laughs> uh, again, fact check, they played 72 games that's in the regular season that year, and every playoff series was a best of seven, just as it always is. But continue. 
Oh, that's okay. It's a waste of time with you, man. Forget it. <laughs> All right. We ain't losing nothing by that. Uh, let's go to Long Island to talk to Damien. What's up, Damien? Hey. Hey, man. What's going on? All good. All good. Did you see Jordan play? I'm just asking. You sound young. Yeah, I, I, I call it the very tail end of his career. All right. So that's just perspective because some of it, all the numbers in the world, all the, um, you know, the last dance documentaries in the world aren't going to tell you exactly what you would have seen. That style of basketball was different. The league he had to go through was different. LeBron would have been great back then, just like Jordan would adjust his game and be great now. The greats would be great in any era, so let's just leave it at that. And if they have to be 1A, 1B, however you put it, they're both up there. If I'm picking a team, I'm picking both of them to start on that team. So that's all i got to say about that. As far as last night, I felt bad for the kid because as great as he is, you you don't end your season with a timeout in your pocket. As soon as he's trapped, experience would have said, you hug the ball and you get your T.O. Mm. Why end the season with the timeout in your pocket? As soon as he's trapped in that in that area where he got trapped for that split second, I know the game's moving fast, but I'm just saying, I got to hear the timeout. I got to see the timeout called. Maybe that's the experience coming in. Your thoughts on that? That's fair. Listen, Damien, so Brunson does have playoff experience. I thought even worse than, because I didn't really factor in calling a timeout there. The Knicks... Um, we're in a situation where he gets doubled. Josh Hart is at the top of the key, and I, I thought the correct read, the correct play there would be to throw it to Josh Hart, who since he's been here, all he's done is hit big shot after big shot after big shot. And it looked like just from, from watching on, on, on TV, Brunson saw Hart turn back to go baseline, saw it cutting Julius Randle into the basket to get an easy two, and it just turned the ball over. But, yeah, I, 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 like you, feel terribly for Brunson to play the game of your life, not get any help, and be that close to winning that game and completely changing the series when you go to a Game 7. Having it in that way, that's just devastating. That is absolutely devastating. And it's one that, you know, he, he's going to think about forever, and it's going to live with him forever because he, this was his coming out party this, this entire season. And this playoff run, where I want to give a you know, shout out to Pete Doherty, who you know does sales here and sales manager here at the station, and you know he texts me, couldn't you argue Jalen Brunson outplayed Jimmy Butler in this series? Absolutely, you could argue Jalen Brunson was the best player in this series. It just so happens that you know second and third best players were on Miami from a consistency standpoint. Better coach on Miami, better execution late on Miami. So Brunson, I, I don't think you can look at this series and say he has any fault. Like, yes, the, it sucks that the biggest play of that game yesterday came down to him turning the ball over, and that is his fault. But the Knicks would not have been in that position without him. And he is worthy, and you know he's going to get all the praise and all the adulation. And, you know, you go into the offseason thinking, we can trade anyone, we're not trading that guy. And it's it's well-deserved because what a, what a phenomenal campaign he put together this year. Shout-out to Jalen Brunson. Let's talk to Rich in the car. What's up, Rich? Hey, how's it going? Going well, man. What's going on? Well, I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, I'm going to agree with you on one point, and then I'm going to strenuously disagree with you on another. Let's hear um, it. But I fully respect you've got an encyclopedic knowledge of the game. It's impressive. Thank you. Um, but Jordan, 
Jordan and LeBron, I'm going to agree with you completely. I don't even know why it's a conversation. Uh, to your point, uh, you know, 18 years in the league, when you think about other 38-year-olds, I mean, look at Chris Paul. Look at anybody else even approaching that age. And you talk about them losing a step. I mean, if they're even functional, Robert Parrish wasn't even good at 38, right? So I'm going to give you some more ammo. I apologize if you hit on any of these things before, but you think about the three years, two and a half years Jordan took off, right? Everyone says it's a mental game. Um, and he basically took a vacation for two and a half years. Now, granted, that you, you could say that was, you know, he comes back and it's impressive that he's able to perform at the level he did when he came back. But, you know, if he had played those years and had two, three more rings, you know, maybe it's not a conversation. But I don't think there's any debate at this point, I mean, personally. And I know it's subjective. I know, you know, it'll never end. But how do you even say that LeBron, who came in at 18, was called the king, had to perform at an incredibly high level from day one, was taking his teams to the playoffs from day one, never had a, a real Robin, uh, you know, not like a Scottie Pippen backing him up his entire career. So, yeah, I don't know how it's a debate. Sorry. Listen, Rich, I'm going to let you continue because I know that there's another point that you want to make. But that what you just said was so, so profound. Jo- Jordan retired, went to play baseball, took two years off. LeBron gets crushed for a pandemic hitting and, and the league being suspended for four months. That's so long. We can't count the damn championship he won. Jordan goes, retires for two years, comes back to wins three more championships. That's okay. Doesn't make sense. We, we got to remember and understand when you engage in these types of arguments, a lot of it is like people saying things just to say it. And they don't, and they believe it. But when they break it down to its like, or when they stretch it out to its furthest logical conclusion, like ah, I did the whole losing before the finals is better than you know losing in the finals. Like that obviously doesn't make sense when you think about it that way. They they start to fumble, and you saw George get mad because he's throwing out all these errors, and I'm correcting him. He's getting upset. Go ahead, continue your point, Rich. Yeah, no, just number one scorer in league history, I think it, it, that conversation's over. So on the Knicks, look, I was a ball boy in 88-89, so I'm basically like a member of the organization, right? There you go. Um, and I got to say, you know, my, my daughter's 20. She's never seen the Knicks be good. I, I appreciate um, what they accomplished this season. I don't think we can look at it as a failure. Um, but I will say I disagree with you when it comes to tips. And okay. here's the thing. You said it yourself a few minutes ago, right? Who was the better coach? Spolstra. It's not even a question. Now, granted, the man may have sold his soul to the devil. He works for Pat Riley. <laughs> we'll never forgive him. But at the end of the day, Hibbs was outcoached. And granted, he doesn't take the shots. He doesn't make the shots. He doesn't miss the shots. But when you have a scheme and you're so dogmatic about that scheme, and to your point, ISO-heavy team all year long, I don't like that brand of basketball, but it was effective. They're, fourth, like you said, fourth-best offense in the league. But when you see – that you are going one-on-three over and over again, and you're playing into Julius Randle being a turnover machine, and you have no motion, and you're not making them work at all on defense, right? And you're relying on Brunson being the second coming. I mean, you got to say, I mean, how is he not in the all-star, all-NBA conversation? Next it's year. ridiculous. But at the end of the day, like, you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Like, I don't know, Tibbs makes, what, five, six million dollars a year? You can't. You know, there's no cap on the uh, on the coach, right? Like, put me in there. Granted, I never played, <laughs> but I could come up with something better than go down the floor, have 10 seconds left, and we're going to go one on three over and over again. Like, you got to do something to make them work on defense. 
I get just, that. I, yo, granted. Yo. Listen, I, yo, I understand that, Rich. I, I appreciate your call. I got to run. I'm up against the clock. I appreciate your call and your perspective being a, a former ball boy for the Knicks. My counter to that would be, like, this is the same coach who led the third best offense in basketball. Mentioned that at the top of the show. Only the Kings and the Celtics had better offenses during the regular season than the Knicks. He was the same coach. Now, if you want to talk about adjustments, sure, but just give credit. I mean, Spolstra with the zones he threw, the trapping of Brunson, and and, and guys all throughout the year, Tom Thibodeau was able to rely on to score Grimes and quickly in that bench unit that was so potent. That's one of the reasons why they made it this far. Just disappeared. Just disappeared. And it all comes back to how well do your stars play? You can tell me he got outcoached. Most coaches get outcoached by Eric Spostra. Is that an excuse? No, that's just the reality. But I look at your second and third best player in the biggest game of the season with a chance to force a game seven when four of 24 and had two turnovers late. That's that's where the game is is lost right there. They were horrendous. If they if they were just average, this game would have been over in the third quarter. They were horrendous. We're up against the clock. Back to your phone calls in a moment right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler show on 98.7 ESPN. Go to Jose who's in the car. What's up Jose? Hey, what's going on? Not that much, um, man. I got a, I got a scenario for you guys. Let's now, hear it. we know what's going on with the Knicks, right? So, we got a definitely future point guard, Jalen Brunson. And what we need now, because we saw last night, obviously, Julius Randle cannot handle the ball under pressure at that last couple of minutes. Uh, so, my question to you is this. Next year... We are going to have to get. We can be. We can. We have actually tradable players to trade to get a a, a, a number two, or I would say number two because Jalen Brunson is number one. I don't think so. The, the offense. But go ahead. I don't think he's a number one. Uh, like on a championship team, no, I don't think so. No, but what I'm saying is the point guard should control the ball, so he should be number one. A a, a shooting or a a person or a player who's going to be hitting the scores, I would say at number two, number one. I would say number one slash two. But anyway, let me go back to my question. Um, so, Julius Randle, how much is he getting so far? How much is he getting a year? Julius Randle, his extension just started kicking in, what was it, last year? He's he's right now making, he signed a four-year, I believe it was like 120. Uh, so he's getting something like, 24 25 million uh th- this year and next year i think it jumps up to like 27 28 okay and and rj barrett just signed an extension yeah correct? he signed that like, he signed a max ex- max extension uh four years 106 okay so we have pieces to trade now my question to you who would you rather trade julius Randle? Because we know what he's all about. He doesn't perform very well on the park pressure. Or R.J. Barrett, who actually woke up 
after we had our backs to the wall. I mean, I appreciate the the, the call. I would obviously rather trade Julius Randle. I just don't know that there's a team who watched him during this playoff run that is now saying, yeah, that's the guy we need to add to our core to help us get to whatever our next level is. R.J. Barrett is a guy who I still have questions about his ceiling. But, you know, he's only 22 years old, so there's still room for growth and development. He did have a really good overall playoff run, and he's a wing. So that's a guy you would prioritize keeping. Like, if it comes down to, do I trade Randall or RJ? I'm definitely trading Randall. But listen, everyone to me is available outside of Jalen Brunson. You got to find a way. If the goal is to win a championship and you're looking at Giannis in, in Milwaukee, you're looking at Tatum and Brown's about to get the Supermax extension. We'll see what happens, you know, if whether or not he signs it or, you know, asks for a trade. But that's just, you know, for all intents and purposes, you're looking at Brown and Tatum in Boston. You're looking at Embiid, who just won an MVP in Philly. Like, we've got to find a way to get our number one star on the team to match that talent. Everyone can be had outside of Jalen Brunson. That's how I look at it. Everyone can be had. Let's go to the Bronx. We talked to Terrence. Hey, Ty. How you doing, brother? How's everything? I'm doing well, man. What's up? Yeah, good. I want to. I want. I agree with you on something. I have two points. Please give me an opportunity to to, to bring it up. Let's hear um, it. First, about the um the the other Lakers bubble championship. Look, I agree that I I believe that that should stand because everybody else was under the same situation. Exactly. The Clippers folded. Everybody else folded. Yeah, everybody had four months off. Everyone. Everybody was locked in the bubble. Everyone in the Lakers were the only ones to be able to gather, you know, all their resources together, come together as a team, and win a championship. I count that as as a win, a championship. Anybody who says that they don't is crazy. Um, now, on that note, I will say LeBron is amazing. He did a, a incredible work yesterday in the series at 38. I still hold MJ as the GOAT. My only thing is two things. If LeBron gets to six, I'm giving it to him. But to me, what bothers me a little bit is the three teams that he won chips with. That's the only thing that bothers me is that he's not at six and then the three teams he won chips with where he left he left um, the Cavs because the, uh, the, the Celtics were destroying him. He didn't have anybody. He went to the Heat, won two, lost two. Uh, D Wade got got old. He left D Wade in, you know, in the dust, and then you know, and then he went over back to LA and got AD. Was able to bring AD on and had AD actually take a pay cut. Remember, I think AD was supposed to get something. I think a buyout or something, and then he had to forego it in order to deal on the Lakers, something like that. But he made AD happen. Um, I got mad respect for for um, for LeBron. It's a toss up. If he gets the six, I'm gonna give it to him. I appreciate the um, call. I, I appreciate the call, Terrence. I'm up against the clock. I listen. You can. I, I'm not saying it's crazy to say Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. That's the popular take. I just think that if you are someone dismissive of, like you're so angry, so annoyed, how could you say LeBron's better than Jordan? That to me is foolish. 
when you just look at the full body of work, the resume, and all he continues to do in year 20, he averaged 30. He averaged, he averaged 30 in year, in year, was it year 20 or 19 that he averaged 30? He averaged 30 in year 20. 30 points a game in year 20, or in, in year 19, averaged 29 this year. Back-to-back years where, you know, he's even dealt with injuries. This guy's got his team right now eight wins away from winning a championship. That's all I'm saying. You got to at least acknowledge that what we're watching is is something that's never been done before. And I, my, my retort always to the, well, he jumped from team to team. Jordan didn't have to. Jordan had a well-run organization with the greatest coach of all time and Phil Jackson. And they kept trading for and acquiring good players and great players to play with him. Whereas Dan Gilbert and company in Cleveland that first time around, I mean, what are we doing? Zydrunas Ogowskis, Sasha Pavlovich, and Mo Williams? The big trade was for Antoine Jameson, who at that time was washed. Give me a break. Back to your phone calls. We will touch a little bit on on the NFL. The schedules were released before we get out of here at 6 o'clock. Right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Take two of the first three against the Rays, and now they are seven games back in the division. Look at this division. Every team's above 500. Every team has a positive run differential. Every team really good at home. That's going to be... An incredible race. Now, it's more of a balanced schedule, so you're not playing your division you know, as many times as you did in the past. But uh, Tampa's got a two-game lead right now over the Orioles, who last year started this trend of we don't suck anymore. Uh, the Blue Jays, remember last year, they were supposed to be the, you know, the, 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 the team that, that uh, you know, emerged victorious uh, of everyone. Uh, they're in third place, followed by the Red Sox and the Yankees. I, I thought it was very important, and, it, you know, it's not breaking any news, but in order for if there was any path to the Yankees making a run in this division, it had to include not getting embarrassed against Tampa Bay. Embarrassed meaning, you know, getting swept or losing three or four. So they've taken two of the first three games. The last two, it was, you know, improbable. The next, even more improbable than the former, and yesterday, coming back three times against the Rays, and then today, uh, battling back from a 6 nothing deficit. So they're starting to put some you know, some wins together, and looks like Severino could be on the way back, Radon on the way back, Donaldson and Stanton. They've dealt with a ton of injuries and, you know, find themselves five games above five hundred. Not where you want to be, and injuries aren't an excuse, especially because guys that are hurt are always hurt, and that falls on the GM. But as we start to transition out of, you know, Knicks basketball and, you know, the Nets were bouncing the first round. So basketball, at least locally, is coming to an end here. We focus on the baseball teams and you see that the the Yankees starting to win some games. The Mets, not so much. Now, they did win yesterday to improve to a game under 500. But what a mess this is. And I, and I, I part of part of it is that the, the Knicks being such a big deal has overshadow what's happening in Flushing. But to have that big of a payroll and be one game under five hundred is an embarrassment. And the Mets, it could be 
staring at a big decision to be made at some point in the season. You don't want to see a manager, and I'm not going to call for anyone to get fired, but if things don't turn around, you wonder what that means for the job security of Buck Showalter because uh, so far in this three-year window of Steve Cohen, they've won one playoff game, and it's not for a lack of spending money. This team was expected.